Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. It is Mailbag Monday. I hope you're having a great day. We are presented, as always, by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, like the one I'm wearing right here. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski. we got Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi here. As I mentioned, it's Mailbag Monday. We've got uh, the latest crop in Blackhawks rumors to get to as well. But Friday, we talked to Tariq Al-Bashir from The Athletic about Todd Reardon. We're going to continue scouting Blackhawks coaching candidates to start the show today. Uh, so we're going to welcome one of our fa- one of my favorite people on Twitter, hockey Twitter. Uh, you know her as the active stick. It's Laura Saba from Lockdown Canadians. Laura, thanks for joining us. It's great to have you, and uh, can't wait to hear about Luke Richardson, potential future Blackhawks head coach. Yeah, we're not hearing Laura, so we'll we'll, we'll okay, get that probably. squared away, and then we'll we'll bring Laura back in. But the beauty, we're the beauty of live podcasting. That's what's fun okay. about live podcasting, <laughs> yeah. man. It's uh, it's, it's <laughs> am I here oh, now? There, there we go. Is. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I'm not sure what happened. It said that, unmute. I unmuted, but I'm still muted. Hi, everyone. There Thank we go. You so much for having me. Um, I'm so excited to talk about uh, Luke Richardson, who is a pretty. I think he's a he's a well loved person in hockey circles. I think. Why is That's that? Why do you say so? I, you know what? He seems to be, from all the player interviews, he's been in Montreal for quite some time now. He was in Ottawa before that. From player interviews, from the family story and everything like that, he seems to be the kind of guy that players would run through a wall for, uh, which, you know, whenever you hear his defensemen talk about him, it's very much that way. He does seem to be a guy, obviously, he had many years as a player. Uh, he does seem to be the kind of guy who knows how to talk to his players, communicate with his players. Uh, really, I think he gives everybody a lot of time. And he seems to be that way with former teammates, with friends. Nobody would say a bad word about him. So he's definitely what I would term as a player's coach. And in Montreal, to be honest, he's definitely been the kind of person that has uh, taken his role really well, you know, he, he's never kind of when Martin St. Louis came in, who's, you know, uh, it was an off the board pick, let's be honest, and uh, somebody with no experience uh, coming in to be a head coach. Luke Richardson did everything that he could to support Martin St. Louis. And, you know, when you talk about St. Louis, when he was asked when he was signed to an extension, do you plan on changing your coaching staff? And he said no, which to me, like if you're a new coach, wouldn't you want to clean out your assistants and just sort of bring in your own people? So I feel like he must have made such a, re- a good impression on Martin St. Louis in that last like 40 games of the year stretch there that, you know, he definitely seems to be a kind of team player. Um, and again, when you hear his defensemen talk about him and obviously in the Stanley Cup final uh, last season, sort of the western conference final which montreal was inexplicably (laughs) in uh and and the stanley cup final uh dominique ducharme head coach had covid so he was out so luke richardson had the bench for a couple of games and the games went went well uh and they also like the, the way the players talked about his influence on the bench like he seems to be to me a very much loved guy in hockey well i remember you know when when he did take over the the head coaching uh, duties during the, the the cup run last year, uh, I remember when that was over. There was a lot of talk about him 
actually potentially staying in that role. Um, you know, what what was the, I guess, the, the thought process behind maybe sticking with him as the head coach rather than, than keeping uh, Dominique Ducharme, having him come back? Well, Dominique Ducharme overall was the architect of that Stanley Cup final run, whether it was for good or for bad. You know, it did mask a lot of the flaws the Canadians had. And it, it was an improbable run and things went very much in the Montreal Canadiens' favor. So you can't not reward a guy like that with an extension, even though it was time for him to, you know, it, it was like it, they could have walked away from it, right? Like it was time for him to renew the contract. They gave him a three-year extension. They, you, you can't really not do that when somebody takes you all the way to the Stanley Cup final when you're such an improbable team to do that. Uh, at the same time, Luke Richardson also does not speak French in enough to be able to communicate with the media and the fans. And in Montreal, that is a huge deal. And I just want to say, because I know that a lot of people outside this market don't really understand that. And they think that it's really the Montreal Canadiens shooting themselves in the foot in terms of coaching or general manager candidates, is that we're here speaking in English, right? I am an Anglophone Montrealer, but Quebec is a province of eight and a half million people. And that is... And out of whom I would say a good six to seven million are francophone exclusively. And that is the market for the Montreal Canadiens. So if you are a media facing person and you cannot communicate in French, you're doing a disservice to the market. People are always like, why is it such a big deal? You just want a winner and all of that. No, it's important in this market because most of the exposure that people outside of the market have are to people like me who speak both languages and will communicate in English with outside fans. It's just... In Montreal, it is important that the face of the team, in whatever respect, is able to communicate in French, even if it's not great. I mean, Kent Hughes is French is not great, but, you know, <laughs> he, he does communicate with the media in French. And, you know, so it's kind of a by committee thing. So we always knew that even though Luke Richardson might have des deserved a chance to be a head coach, it would not be here. Mm. Okay. Well, if Luke Richardson decides, if he's the guy here in Chicago, he's coming to a team that will be very young and is rebuilding and tearing down. I know the Canadians, for the most part, was a lot of veteran players the last couple of seasons. But have there been any success stories on that blue line? Because the Blackhawks have a lot of young defensemen coming up through the system. Have there been any success stories with the younger defensemen that where you've seen the progression that would make us excited to have Luke behind our bench? I think it's a couple of things because I have good things to say and not so good things to say because for me, the league is moving in a direction where you're less defensive defensemen and more mobile puck moving defensemen. Everybody has to be kind of two way. I do think that the progression of Alexander Romanov over the last year and a half or so has been really, really key because he does mentor really well. He's really good at communicating but the thing that I that that makes me a little bit nervous is that he does bring the best out of the players that he has. For example, Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, like those were the the anchors of that Stanley Cup run last year. They were so good. You know, every game you could praise what, the way that they were playing defensively as a team. But overall, in general, during the regular season in particular, or on the penalty kill and things like that, you would sometimes feel like there was no defensive strategy. So to me, the question that I have is not necessarily is Luke Richardson a good coach or a bad coach. It's 
how much of the defensive philosophy was being decided or being overridden by the head coach because the, the games that he coached by himself behind the bench or when he was the head coach those were great games and the, the the team was doing exactly what you would have wanted them to do so i feel like from a mentorship aspect i'm pretty confident that luke richardson can bring the best out of a young blue line but in terms of philosophy is he the new style or is he the old defensive defensive style and there are tons of teams that are still married to that there are tons of markets that are still married to that but today's nhl is moving away from that so my question is I have not, and, and to be fair, it's because he hasn't been put in that position. I've not seen anything to say that he's evolving with the times. I think if you want to be a successful coach in today's NHL, you have to be able to evolve. You could be a long-standing, old-school guy, and if you're able to evolve, you will find success. So that, to me, is the question because we haven't seen concrete proof of that, right? Like, And again, when he was the guy making the decisions for a few games, we saw what we wanted to see out of that blue line. And then, for example, Ben Sherratt or, or, or Shea Weber, those are what I would call old school type guys. They played their best in that run. So, you know, there's positive signs and there's negative signs. But to me, the big question mark is who was calling the shots when the strategy was not there. As for uh, Alexander Romanov, like he is a player that people are really excited about. There, There's a player, Joel, Jordan Harris, who only made the team after the NCAA championships were over or the the, the Frozen Four, I guess. Um, and he, you know, he only played a couple of games with the Canadians, but he had good things to say as well. And he made a lot of good sound decisions on the blue line. And when you look at somebody like Matthias Norlinder, for example, who the Habs were considered to have kind of failed with last year he is a defenseman who's very mobile and puck moving but i think there was uh it was a sort of an organizational failure and not really a you know the defense the d coach failure in that scenario so i do think that like i would be confident that he'd be able to mentor somebody like inspire motivate for sure a hundred percent but in terms of strategy that's what i have the question mark about like i want to know who was making those decisions when they were not able to get it together they couldn't get the puck out of their zone the penalty kill was terrible like it was it was generally a philosophy and strategy thing more than it was you know bad defense yeah i was gonna, I was gonna say to being in chicago and hearing games, yeah. being in chicago and hearing uh you know lack of defensive strategy it, it jitters a little yeah. Yeah. he'll fit he'll fit right in yeah easy transition um so speaking of philosophy you know we're not really sure what to make of the new blackhawks front office yet but looking at some of the periphery hires Kyle Davidson has made, it looks like they're going to have at least a big portion of things be analytically driven. Where is Luke Richardson in the analytic game? Is he just totally old school eye test? Is he a mix of both? Is he a numbers guy? And what about the Canadians organization as a whole? Were they a very numbers driven org or are they kind of best of both worlds? I think in the past they were not, but with the new management, they are cautiously dipping their toes. I think much like the rest of the, the coaching staff, it's not that they're hesitant or anything like that. I do feel that there are certain old school coaches that feel like numbers don't tell the whole story until you kind of communicate to them that numbers are telling you what you already know. They're just quantifying them. So I think the big key, not just in Montreal, but also in Chicago, is not just having an analytics department, 
but having somebody either on the coaching staff or in the analytics department that can translate stats to old school hockey speak. Because most yeah. of the things that we're talking about, right? Like we're talking about shot attempts. We're talking about blocked shots or or shots directed towards the goaltender. Those are not things that are new. They're just being quantified in a different way. And he's never come out and said that he doesn't believe in that or anything like that. But what they always say is that they believe that the numbers don't tell the full picture. So if he's open to it, and again, it goes it, it goes back to coaching having to be sort of, you have to evolve with the times. So if he's willing to evolve and, and just, you know, if he's willing to listen, I think that's key because he seems to be so smart and he seems to be so methodical about what he does. He, he, he doesn't, he doesn't get heated or excited. He's not that, that animated person. He's just very chill. If he's open to that, I do think that he is the kind of person that he'll see the value and he'll listen and make decisions accordingly. He doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that would just shut the door on them, but he definitely was brought up like both as a player and a coach in that old school mentality. I think though, once you become a head coach, the game changes a lot. Well, I know when we talked to Tariq Elbashir about Todd Reardon, one of the things that he said about Reardon was that he thought that there might be a, a, a difficulty transitioning from the assistant coach who kind of played the good cop uh, in, in that role to being a head coach and, 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 and experienced that when he was with the Capitals. Um, you know, you say that Richardson's a, a, a really good, really good with the players, really communicative players really respond to him. Do you think there'd be any transitional challenges with him going from being, you know, the assistant coach to the head guy where, you know, you, you're kind of taking over everything. You're not just focusing on, you know, certain players or playing that role of like pulling a player aside after, you know, head coach gets after you and you're like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's look at this in, in, in a better way. Do you think there'd be any issues with that? Especially since, you know, he did have some head coaching experience in a, you know, <laughs> intense in a time. Room, yeah, <laughs> yeah in, in a short amount of, I think, to be honest, I feel like he, he's the kind of person that that would, the transition would go really well because he takes his job seriously, right? And so even though we're talking about how he is a player's coach and he's definitely the kind of guy that's going to be your not your buddy necessarily more like a, an older brother an uncle kind of like you know shepherding you through i do think that when it's time to get down to serious business he has the ability to do that i i wonder just in terms of whether or not you know he hasn't handled uh, a full bench in the nhl before like whether that transition would just be jarring for him but everybody has to do it at some point to find success right i think that the way that he approaches his his responsibilities is a good sign, if that makes sense. Laura, this has been great. It's uh, awesome to get these coaching profiles. We want to make sure we have uh, enough anger stored up when the hire's made so we can get mad and, and be irrationally angry. We want to be informative <laughs> and irrational at the same time. Right, right, right. Uh, and we appreciate you joining us here. I know it was short notice. I reached out last night, so I appreciate you making this work on a busy Anytime. day. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. And Enjoy if you need Shane us, you, you got the number. You got you know how to reach us. So we're always around. Thanks, Thanks so Laura. Much. Make sure you're following Laura Saba on Twitter at the Active Stick. Just a terrific follow uh for all things hockey and, and listen to her work on the Locked On Canadians uh podcast. She's one of my favorite hockey Twitter people. So anytime we get a chance to talk to Laura, I will jump at it. And that was great. I mean yeah. 
sounds like <laughs> just kind of like we said with Todd Reardon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, like it guy. makes sense. You understand why they've reached out. Um, and I, I think it, my question was, and she got to it on her own, was, well, then why do they not hire him and bring in Martin San Louis? And it's the French thing, which right. is Kirk Muller's another guy, mm-hmm. I think, in the same vein, who been probably a- would have gotten a head coaching job had he spoken French. Mm-hmm. He would have been a, the head coach of the Canadians. But when it, you're, it's, you're the only team in the league that sends out, you know, tweets and press releases in two languages. Yeah. Like, it's a big deal. It's right. a huge deal. I mean, deal, yeah. hence why Michelle Therrien, Claude Julien, Elaine Vigneault right. had multiple mm-hmm. stints up there. Because, mm-hmm. like, well, we need a French guy. See what Claude's doing this year. You know, it's you know speaks French very well? Jonathan Taves. Jonathan Taves. Yeah, Jonathan there you go. Taves does. Yes, Future. he does. Breaking news. <laughs> Future. <laughs> yes. Future, Future Jonathan Taves retire and be a new player coach in Montreal. Honestly, if I had to bet on that, I would think – I think Jonathan Taze will coach, and because he can speak French, he will at least get an interview with the Canadians someday. He'll be an assistant at the very least. <laughs> Absolutely. He'll be the guy that they send out to do the French uh, pressers. Yeah. All right, we've got a ton of mailbag stuff to get to, but before we do that, let's, let's clean up some of the weekend rumors, some of the things that, of course, popped like the second after we got off the air on Friday. Right, is, yeah. Which is a tradition. Yeah. Things always seem to break it. Oh, you we're know, not talking about one. Connor McDavid? <laughs> we could do that, right, too, never, if you'd like. Never mind. No. Or, uh, <laughs> or the other thing happening on the old Instagram. Yeah, it was a weird <laughs> hockey Twitter <laughs> It was night. a weird, weird late night even, to, even to morning. Even for Twitter standards. Yeah. I woke up this morning going, what now? <laughs> All right, so how do we want to approach this? Because Friday, we saw a tweet. That said, oh, now Kirby Doc is being shopped. And that was coming from, from Elliot Friedman. Elliot Friedman. Which it did. Yes. So, Mario, the you context. tracked down that audio this morning. Why don't you talk about So, talk Elliot Friedman was on the, the Oilers Now podcast with, Chad. Uh, with, with Bob Stoffer on 630. Chad. Um, <laughs> Chad. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, so, he, so uh, Bob and Elliot were, were talking on the topic of, um, you know, wh- who the Oilers would be looking for, what they want to do with, with Evander Kane and things like that. And it came around to the Blackhawks and, and Alex Dabrinkit being potentially on the market and, and everything like that. And Friedman basically re-reported what he had said uh, last weekend, where it was, besides Seth Jones, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, the players with the no-movement clauses, the Blackhawks are open to listening to offers on any players. That includes Alex Dabrinkit. And, uh, and so then... Bob Stoffer said, are you telling me Kirby Doc is being on, is on the market? And Elliot just basically reiterated, any player without a no-movement clause, they are, they are open to listening to offers. So in, in a way, he's saying yes, but also not saying yes, Kirby Doc is being traded. Right. He's just saying the Blackhawks are opening up their ears to whatever offer is possible. The same thing that happened with Brandon Hagel, and they got blown away by a deal from Tampa, and now Hagel is in the cup final. Well, they should be, as we've discussed. There yes. should be literally no one on the roster right. in the organization that is untouchable. And, and if Nobody. somebody makes a really nice offer for one of those no-movement guys, you then talk to said no-movement guy and say, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, how about we do this? Yeah, right. absolutely. Please. But what I was surprised with is when those rumors came out, uh, the Doc one in particular, Hockey Twitter was like, what about William Nylander plus for Doc? And I'm like, is this what the league thinks of Kirby Doc? Hey, uh, I, I will so. make that trade. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I hope so. And this is kind of what we discussed last week when we were talking about Kirby. It's like, are we maybe too close to it to be analyzing him fairly? 
right? Like if and I know we get to see every game he plays. We know when he's effective and when he's not. So we have a better feel for Kirby Doc overall. But I also think we're looking at it from a place of maybe slightly unfair expectations. Whereas people around the league are like, hey, this is a 21 year old six foot four potential center. Uh, who is the third overall pick? A lot of people around the league see him as a guy with a still a very strong future, a very high ceiling. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people. I think all three of us think that he can still be a very good NHL player. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to your point, we see we've we've seen him for three seasons. Granted, they've been chopped up in different ways for him, but we've seen three seasons of him. We've seen him at the NHL level. We've seen his development path, and it just doesn't scream. This guy is a can't miss, going to be a star in the NHL. No. It, it 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 has definitely that shine has worn off. Um, but if if people around the league, if, if front offices around the league want to look at him that way and, and offer the Blackhawks a, a pretty big haul for his uh, RFA rights, okay, I'm listening. Like what what is you know what is the offer? Because this he, yeah he can be a a, a a building block to the rebuild and he can be a very good player. Um, but if you're telling me like you're going to give me multiple assets that might pan out to be better than Kirby Doc, all right, you know I'm 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 listening. Yeah, no, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If no. there, I I I hope there is a, a front office and a GM out there that thinks he's still <laughs> that number one can't miss prospect and will trade accordingly for him. Because if that's right. the case, and I'm Kyle Davidson, I say yes, sir. This is done. Um, but just overall, these rumors, as we've talked, yes, everybody should be on the table. Everybody should be. There shouldn't be a phone call. Kyle Davidson is 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 dumping at this point. Like, mm-hmm. answer your phone. Have every single discussion. See what's out there. See what the actual value is of these guys, and then decide accordingly. You can't decide. I'm not going to trade a guy until you hear what you could get for him. Right. You had an interesting quote on the DeBrinket trade off the air. Uh, something about imagine what would hurt your franchise. Yeah, so and that to that it, right? also was said within the uh, the Elliot Freeman hit on on the Oilers Now podcast from from Friday, um, talking about you know what it would take to make an Alex DeBrincat trade work from a team trying to acquire him. Elliot said something to the effect of like imagine what would hurt your franchise and then add more to it. That's what it's going to take to get Alex to bring it. And if the Blackhawks trade Alex to bring it and destroy a franchise, <laughs> destroy a franchise's future because of it, that that's, that's something that's you do. Successful that's trade. something you do. <laughs> but there are teams that are willing There's to teams destroy that that. their franchise yeah. for a Stanley Cup. I say this going into every trade deadline. I say this going into every offseason. Never underestimate the stupidity of an NHL general manager mm-hmm. and the, the visions of grandeur they have and thinking this is the one guy. And come on. I mean, you got to remember, I know different sport, but Mike Ditka traded an entire Watch. draft for, for Ricky Williams. Yeah. Like if, if Alex DeBrinkett is a GM's guy he'll and he needs to have him, well, look, I mean, look, Lead them dry. we talked about it a lot. And, and, and Theo Epstein always says every season is sacred and every chance to win is sacred. And we have we ridiculed the Maple Leafs for not going and finding a goaltender ahead of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's a team, as you look at things now, that gave Tampa the best run that any team has given them. And yeah. had they had Marc-Andre Fleury or another elite goalie, Maybe it's them who's getting ready to square off against the Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday, or, or a higher end defenseman, or you know right. they they yeah. they had some some needs that a team like Chicago could have helped them address. Yeah. So when you're right. on the cusp 
you've got to be willing to make those things like, oh, three, four years on a row, we might really regret this. But will you if you've got a Stanley Cup? Probably if, not. If there's, a, if there's a market that if they just went all in one year, <laughs> all in, uh, one <laughs> year, and just completely, it was just like, we are getting a cup this year and damn the future, that is Toronto. Because that yeah. cup will last an entire lifetime. Yeah. Yep. There's fan like come on we we can deal we kind of sort of know what that's like you know if With we were the, Cub fans yeah. you know people would trade I don't care that the Cubs are god awful anymore I don't care if they win another <laughs> game I saw them win a World Series yep. that's something my father never got to do it's something my grandfather never got to do yep. that's what they're at in Toronto they don't give a rat's ass about the 21st overall pick this year they would have gladly given that up to still be playing right now. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. There's a single Toronto Maple Leaf mm-hmm. fan that cares more about that first round pick in this year's draft right. than still playing right now. But unfortunately, their so-called genius GM valued that number one overall pick more than the first Stanley Cup, and God only knows how many years. So yeah. you know, deal with it. Well, look, the Cup final starts 15. on Wednesday. Uh, we'll get our prediction piece out at allchgo.com probably Wednesday morning. I would imagine it's typically how we do it. Um, but with that, I think it's time to get to Mailbag Monday. But want to remind everybody, the best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll also receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. My CHGO fire shirt just arrived last week. I'm going to wear that tomorrow. Nice. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting and the home of live NBA same-game parlay. The NBA Finals are underway. Celtics and Warriors, I know my stuff, see? Place a live NBA same-game parlay during those games, and it's so much fun. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can always boost your live same-game parlays. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. And remember, online registration is available now in Illinois. Start to finish, get your phone out, download the app, and you are good to go and you're ready to start placing your wagers. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I had a, a pretty good experience with the points bet app uh, uh, over the weekend. I selected in game six. The first goal scorer was going to be Steven Stamkos. And in the same bet... Uh, that the Lightning would win. It was plus 1,400, so we are back in the game. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, our play of the week, by the way, I said first goal scorer would be Andre Palat. That was wrong, but he scored, and Brandon Hagel did score in that game, so I was right technically. Technically. Bet-wise, we were, we were 50-50. <laughs> so, hey, 50-50 is not too bad. Yeah, That's not bad. And by the way, wearing the, the CHGO fire shirt tomorrow is very appropriate, considering yes. the fire will be raining down from the sky. 100 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's, hopefully it's a very breathable shirt. Yes. Yeah, they, and they are. They are. They are very, very high quality, comfy, breathable. Breathable, good stuff. Good for sweaty days. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're feeling like you're going to go uh, test yourself in the, in the heat and the sun, and maybe go uh, go on the go on a run down the lakefront trail or anything like that tomorrow. Uh, when you get back, okay. I know I won't be doing that, but when you get <laughs> back, uh, you might uh, benefit from a product called Owen O W Y N. It is standing for only what you need. It's a one hundred percent 
plant-based protein shake that gives you the nutrition that nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients. They are allergen friendly. They contain no gluten or dairy and are easily digestible. And uh, that's good for me because I try and cut out gluten and dairy uh, when possible. And uh, you may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields as he follows a plant-based diet. And, uh, yeah, you know, Justin Fields, our, our manager Jake, brought in the, uh, the Justin Fields bobblehead to add to the collection. Yep. So uh, maybe put a little, uh, a little box of Owen. A little bobblehead-sized <laughs> box of Owen. Put it right next to Justin. And that'll, uh, it'll feel, the bobblehead will feel right at home. And right now, Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with the code CHGO20. So join Justin Fields and myself. I, I am a uh, purveyor of, of, of Owen. Or a purveyor? What's the sure. word? Enjoyer. Enjoyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Monday. It's, we're all downhill the rest of the week. Uh, Join Justin Fields and, uh, and myself, an enjoyer of Owen, and uh, try it for yourself. That's Owen, O-W-Y-N, only what you need. That was a smooth read. I liked it. Very smooth. smooth. Just like Owen. Just like smooth Owen. Smooth, smooth and cold Owen. <laughs> plant-based. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's get to our mailbag questions. We're going to start with uh, Sung Hyung on Discord. Uh, remember, if you want access to our members-only Discord, become a member at allchgo.com. Uh, they ask, considering Alex Dabrinka took a hometown discount with his last extension with us, do you envision him seeking a max contract when he reaches free agency in another season? Well, it's starting to look like he's not going to be a Blackhawk right. <laughs> when that comes. Um, and I, I think I want to be clear. I don't know if what he took was a bridge deal. Um, it's not necessarily it's not, a hometown yeah, discount. It's not really a discount. It's Sidney Crosby's deal was a hometown discount right, when he signed right. it. Yes. Years but I think Stamkos was a hometown Stamkos. discount. What Alex Dabrinkit is looking at, if he reaches unrestricted free agency, um, or his next deal with whatever team it is, you're talking a minimum of $9 million per year. Mm -hmm. That's To me, if I'm Alex Dabrinkit's agent, the conversation starts at 9 Actually, it probably starts at twelve, and, yeah. and will not end <laughs> and you until meet in the middle, yeah, overnight. Right. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. he he's going to get a big payday here, and that, that is kind of the purpose of the bridge deal. Is hey, like we'll give you a short term deal for for more money than you were making, but probably not as much as you're totally worth. And it's kind of a we'll worry about sort of that roll giant dice. cap right. hit later. Listen, there is yeah. no discount of any way, shape, or form coming for Alex to bring it, no. no matter where he. This is his chance to get that big that big. Payday. Mm -hmm. This is the one. Go get it. And team guys that take quote unquote discounts to stay with teams are teams like the Penguins, teams like the Lightning that are going to win championships. Mm -hmm. right. mm -hmm. That ain't happening here for the first five to six years of this deal. If he resigns here, you're not taking a discount to be part of a rebuild. You're no. taking as much money as possible, saying I'm the guy. Pay me. Like I'm Better, the guy. You're gonna need to make it worth my while to stick exactly. around for all I can these go losses. Play for a championship contender right now, yeah. or yeah. make it worth my while, like you said, to stay here for these four or five years of pain, and then maybe we're good again. So discount Alex DeBrinkit. Those two words should never be said in the no. same sentence. No, and I, I and I think if he hypothetically, if he were to hit unrestricted free agency, um, nothing tells me that he won't be, you know, in upper thirties into the 40s goal scorer next season, you put that would make, what, five out of six seasons in his career that he's been just an elite, high-level goal scorer. Um, 
I mean, that's well, in the in the way that the that that the the league is going financially right now. That's going to be ten million at yeah. least. And according to the, some of the conversations I've had on Twitter over the weekend. The only thing guaranteed in professional sports is that Alex DeBrinkert will score 40 goals a year for the next (laughs) 10 years. That's the only guarantee. Nothing else is guaranteed except Alex DeBrinkert, best goal scorer in the league. Well, staying on the topic of uh, DeBrinkert, we got a Twitter question from Tom. He says, any rumors of Carolina being interested in DeBrinkert? If so, which rumored trade partner, New Jersey, L.A., Carolina, or someone else, is the best fit for the Hawks? For me... It's New Jersey because of that number two overall pick. If that number two overall pick is included, as we discussed last week, that immediately that player becomes your top prospect. Mm-hmm. And then probably if you're talking about a Dawson Mercer or Holtz or whoever else you're going to add to that package, they're probably your number two prospect. Right. And that bumps Lucas Reichel to number three, maybe Ian Mitchell to four, down and down and down. That's why, to me, New Jersey makes the most sense because the pick is the highest. Yeah. And probably the most likely to generate a successful player in the league yeah Carolina seems like a team that that would be one of those teams like we said that would just go all in for yeah. like a cup run it, and, it and would do yeah. something like that for Debrinket. but yeah I'm 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 with I'm with you with uh New Jersey that that seems like the team yes that makes the most sense for the package that could come back to Chicago yeah, that that number two overall pick is the thing that makes me say yes Alex Debrinket is expendable um, Carolina is a team, I, I think I mentioned it last week or the week before, right after the season, that makes sense to be a potential sure trading does. partner because they need a little bit of a shakeup there. They've had really good regular seasons the last couple of years and just can't get that next step in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. kind of had some of their big offensive stars kind of be passengers for a lot of that Rangers series. They need that extra guy. Imagine to bring it on a line with Tavo Teravine, and that'd be pretty fun. We could have had that here but you know uh things happen yeah. and uh yeah. yeah so they make sense Ouch. as a fit for Alex to bring it but do they make sense as getting full maximum value back not 100% sure they do have a lot of good young players yeah, but you they won't do. get that that so for them it would be well we need multiple first round picks and those are going to be picks in the 20s Seth Jarvis you know those are going to be like yeah well, sure absolutely It'd be nice Seth Jarvis and the next couple of first round picks, but again, those first round picks are like those Tampa picks, right? They'll yeah. be likely to be late teens, twenties. Yeah. yeah, those they're going to be playoff teams. So that Devils pick is the one you want to do, and if that's in, if that's on the table, that's where those conversations. And I had a uh, a conversation with one of our our CHGO members in Discord over the weekend. I can't remember the name right now, so I apologize. But SP something something, you know who you are. Um, <laughs> He said, well, I don't think it's a good fit. Debrinket's a good fit for the Devils. I go, well, if they give us the number two pick and a top prize, <laughs> I don't care if he fits on the yeah, Devils. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's not, and the Blackhawks shouldn't care if he fits well, on the Well, and Jack it, Hughes needs a winger. Yes, exactly. He I mean, needs a goal scorer, yeah. and, and Alex Debrinket's the best goal scorer on the market. So it fits in my world, but again, once he's a property of the Devils, I don't care if doesn't, he fits It doesn't matter It doesn't anymore. matter. Yeah. All right, so on that beat, uh, Mac on Twitter says, hypothetically, if the Hawks do manage to acquire the number two overall pick in the Debrinka trade, who would you want the Hawks to draft? I mean, it depends what happens with number one because yes, Shane, not a Shane Wright anymore. is it's it's so weird. He became he went from being like he's the next McDavid to like he's the next Patrice Bergeron to I don't know if he's the number one prospect. He's so, been talked about for so long now that people have talked themselves out yes. of how good he really is. Yeah. He's been the number one overall pick for this draft for two years now. 
And now it's just like everybody's had two years to like break down every single play he's mm-hmm. made and said, well, you see his left skate on this play. <laughs> he's going to be a bum. So, yeah. yeah, it depends what Montreal wants to do. I think they're going to stick with that pick. I think they probably still do. Yeah, I, I think, you know. It, it, let's look up. Did he take French in college? If he took French I'm, in college, well, I mean, he's he's Canadian, so he's probably yeah had some he's, French he's, lessons he's got, at least. He's been exposed to it. Yeah, um, I think if 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 Wright goes number one, um, I know you love Slavkovsky a lot. The There's not not a lot to not like about him, um, but I look at the Blackhawks and I I just look at at the need for a centerman, and they have Lucas Reichel. He's all fine and good. But I think if, if the Blackhawks were to move into that number two spot and Shane Wright's off the board, I really like Logan Cooley. That's my guy, too. I, I love Yuroslav Kofsky, but I would absolutely do cartwheels here in the CHGO office <laughs> if they get Logan Cooley, yeah. too. Like, one of those, one of those two either guys, one of those I'm two, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a bad selection. Fits your need more. Uh, it gets you that potential number one center of the future. Here mm-hmm. we go again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he definitely fits that need. But Slavkowski, man, he's got the size. He scores. I mean, he's got the speed. He's that hybrid player of years past the current player. You can't go wrong with either one. Mm-hmm. I hope we. I hope we get to have this debate on draft night. Uh, that would be nice. Because the Blackhawks yes. own that pick. That would be real. I've fun. gotten into the point where I'm like, hell, if we're gonna do an Alex DeBrincat trade, and it's for that number two pick, let's do it. Do yep. it. Let's yeah. freaking do it. I love Alex DeBrincat, but you know what? Eh. I can I can see how that helps the rebuild a little better. And what's 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 interesting too is if if you had a chance to read uh, Ben Pope's work uh, over the last couple of days, he he did an interview with uh, uh, Blackhawks um, scouting I believe his scouting director Mike Donahue, um, and they said the Blackhawks are going to be focusing on in this draft forwards with speed. Kyle Davidson has said that he wants to have a faster team, and the Blackhawks have a depth issue at forward and a speed issue. So speedy forwards, uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of them at the, at the top of the, this year's draft class. Um, so I think if they, if they're, like you said, if they're going to do this to bring trade and, and they're going to talk with teams at the top of the, the draft, do it, go for yep. it and, and, and find that player that fits that profile that you believe can, you know, turn around your prospects. Go big, go big or go home. By the way, Chris Peters, who's going to join us on Monday, the 27th 27th of June of the Daily Faceoff, published his latest uh, 2022 draft rankings. He has Logan Cooley as number one, surpassing Shane Wright. So that's another guy who really likes what he sees from uh, Logan Cooley. So And Ben Pope will be joining us next week on Monday. Very exciting. We got a lot of good guests coming up, um, working on some other stuff. We got to get our Bradshaw uh, scouting report done this I'll week. Call so. Ron Simmons this He's weekend. Yeah. <laughs> your joke. Yes. He's got a hell of a clothesline. <laughs> All right, this one comes uh, from Ted on Twitter. He says, "Your best guess: What season do the Blackhawks become relevant again as a potential playoff team? When do they realistically challenge for a cup? I think it's 2022. Too- yeah, it's, let's go. It's, it's too soon to even <laughs> speculate because we don't know what's happening at this yeah, draft. No. We don't know what's happening with Kane and Taze. We don't know what's happening with Debrinket." So we don't even know the roster for next season. I would have a better idea. I could probably answer this question a little more honestly. August 1st, we could probably give you a little better idea. Once we know what happened this offseason, what the roster looks like, and kind of what Kyle Davidson's plan is for filling the gap between rebuilding and contention. Because I really don't, and he's sort of said, like, you can't go all Rockford. That's not going to work. So I think we need to see exactly what his plan is for building out here before we can 
even begin to guess at that. If we look at the roster now and just say, okay, they're going to draft the draft as it stands and DeBrinkett is still here, it probably shortens that window to the playoffs or probably elongates that window to a Stanley Cup. Because I think you need to yeah. stack with top prospects to get back into cup conversation again. If I if I had to make an educated guess and things go as planned for Kyle Davidson and he gets this team going, he hires the right coach, he makes the right drafts, he makes the right trades, and he's got the roster he envisions, I wouldn't think this team could be even talking even close to playoffs until 25-26. It's like yeah. when we start to be like, hey – they can be really fun and competitive and maybe get the second wild card, kind of like the Red Wings were for a little bit this season. 25-26 uh, is like where I would even mm -hmm. think that yeah. we could even start to start reaping the benefits. of what, And that's if everything goes right. It, right, well, yeah. right. And the only hope of anything sooner than that is if Kirby Doc all of a sudden figures it out and is like a 60-point guy if and Lucas, Lucas Reichel jumps like in and is a Calder candidate. And yeah. we get Kyle, Connor Bedard next season. Yeah, yeah. that would like, help. Yeah. Yes. That would help things as so well. That, yeah, there are ways to speed it up, but those are not impossible, just improbable. Yeah, my, at, at my most optimistic, I'm thinking three years before they're even in, like, a playoff chase. Yeah, right. Where we can be talking about meaningful games the first week of March. Yep, yep. Oh, that'll be fun. I look forward to that. Yeah, um, on the so ride, right? Sort of on the same beat as the, uh, as the roster construction. Uh, from why bother on Twitter? What do you do about Brett Connolly? Keep him buried in Rockford for one more year, and take the two point three seven five cap penalty, or buy him out and take the one point one six seven buyout penalty for two years. Uh, this to me is a guy who is a good candidate as a body, as a guy who yeah. can come and play on your NHL roster. He's not going to make your team better to the point where it's going to hurt your draft capital mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. But I think as we start to look at potential bodies to fill out spots, Brett Connolly is a great candidate. And from all reports, he was nothing but a good trooper in Rockford. He was. A uh, good example, leader. He was mm -hmm. not pouty. He didn't bitch about being sent down. Yeah, he was one of their best players till they got hurt. Right. So I think that's when we look at guys who could be here for the next year or two, filling out those spots until kids are ready – I think Brett Connolly is a really good candidate for that. That that Ice Hogs playoff series against the Chicago Wolves could have been a little bit different. I'm not saying they would have won, but they would have been far more competitive with Brett Connolly in the That would have helped, yeah. Uh, I have zero issues bringing him back and, and letting him be that leader in Rockford and that guy you call up when you need a fourth liner because you've got injuries. Mm -hmm. Listen, salary cap. I mean, this roster next season, he might even be a regular. He might. He might even he could be. Crap, he could be on the second line <laughs> next year. Really? Oy vey. Um, but Connor listen, Bernard. he's a pro. Yeah, he's not a great NHL player. I, at those days of him getting 20 goals, but maybe he could be a 20-goal scorer if he's literally the only yeah, with guy. opportunity, uh, right? Yeah, so, you know, who knows? $2.67 on a team that's rebuilding. Like, I think we have to untrain our brains to stop worrying about salary cap hits. Yeah, we're. So, I, I get it. We are. We have been preconditioned. It's Stockholm syndrome, syndrome that we go running back to the yeah. salary cap because it has been such a nuisance and it has been such a problem chasing cups. Those days are over. Mm. Like we don't need to worry about. Oh my God, this guy doesn't produce and he's got a three million dollar cap hit next season. So what? <laughs> like it doesn't right, yeah. matter. And why take another year for a cap hit for a guy that could be a valuable, somewhat valuable 
veteran, at least at the very least, if he's in Rockford all next year, he's essentially another coach on the ice. He's a leader that shows these young kids what it takes to not only get to the NHL, but stay in the NHL. There's a lot of things that go, people just think for young players at the AHL level, it's just about playing productive hockey. There's so much yeah. that goes into it. Learning how to be a professional. Learning, Learning how, how to, to manage your money. Yes. Learning how to yeah. get your own cell phone account because the billet mom is taking care of it for you for the last four years. Learning how to pay your rent. These are not jokes. These are things that these 19-year-old kids, some who have never spent a day in North America, have to learn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you could screw yourself real quick if you don't have somebody there that helps you mm -hmm. with that stuff well. And I think Conley was a guy that embraced that. A guy like Garrett Mitchell, the Ice Hogs uh, captain, is another guy that you need those guys to help these guys along the way as well. Full disclosure, forgot Brett Connolly was under contract. <laughs> So I, I, I had to have Henrik Borgstrom. I apologize to, uh, to to Brett if you're listening. Uh, kind of on the same vein, uh, from Chris on Twitter, Frank Saravelli put Tyler Johnson on the top ten bio candidates for the summer. Do the Hawks buy him out or wait until the next offseason and attempt to trade or buy out then? I say wait until next summer. Again, you need people to play on the team. I really like the way Tyler Johnson sort of jumped into a leadership role once he got back from injury last mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Had a lot of, like, really powerful things to say after games about uh, habits and learning how to win, learning how to lose, learning how to deal with, uh, contra with you know, what controversy is not the right word, with, with difficulties, you know. Uh, the trade deadline goes, and a lot of players you love are gone. Some teammates mm -hmm. are gone. Uh, Tyler Johnson was one of the guys who was kind of guiding the ship, just like Connolly did in Rockford. Johnson was sort of doing it in Chicago. And, of course, he had help with Taves and Jones, and there were some other veterans here. But uh, I was just really impressed with how he came off, um, you know, to the media when the season was wrapping up. So yeah. I think that's another guy they look to keep around here. I, again, he's not going to make a difference that's going to be like, oh, man, he's too good to keep around. He's going to really sink the Blackhawks' uh, rebuild, um, you know, designs here. Now, I think when you look at Connolly, you look at Johnson, those are two guys you kind of want to consider as – all right, you know, in an ideal world, we probably want to have that cap money, but again, for what? Right. You yeah, don't need it right now. They're, so they're not at the they're not at the point where they need to be penny pinching. You know, they're 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 going to have enough young players on cheap contracts that the the massive deals that are on the on the board right now it doesn't it doesn't make a make a difference. And having Tyler Johnson at five million dollars, you just kind of brush it off. It's like, all right, fine. He's he's a, a, a middle six forward at $5 million who's past the prime of his career. He plays a role of a leadership in, in the locker room, and you have to have somebody to help on the ice bring along some of the young players as well. If you know, you, Tyler Johnson's had a ton of really good experience in his career with, with the Tampa Bay Lightning, a two-time cup winner. Um, and I, you have to have somebody like that around – I know they have Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane, who knows for how not. much longer, but <laughs> yeah. you got to have somebody around like that that can help pull along some of the, some of the young players, and especially you know a, a young player like uh, like like Lucas Reichel in the forwards group, who's right now you could probably pencil in to be in the NHL lineup starting you know to start the season. Um, you need guys like Ty like a Tyler Johnson who can not be necessarily the like superstar you know intimate kind of in, intimidating presence presence but someone who can who's been there veteran the knows knows what vet. to do approachable yep. and and can and help help in in those ways because i don't know if taves is approachable i think does, a lot I don't of guys know if he wants to be approachable yeah anymore. like can't be bothered it seems yeah it, it does have that feel to it and look maybe we're being unfair but like 
just look at the way he has acted over the last calendar year, being unhappy, being vocally unhappy. If I'm a young player, I'm not walking up to Jonathan Taves right. and asking for advice. He's a guy that Derek King called grumpy. Yeah. Tyler Johnson is, we've talked about this before, like when the Hawks signed Chris Kunitz, it was kind of like, what are they doing? Well, now he's still part of the organization. Tyler Johnson's a guy who I could see when he hangs up the skates being part of the Blackhawks player development staff and, and having a role yeah. uh, off the ice as well. well so if you want to build a winning culture, you got to have people who've been part of a winning culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not, there's Taves and Kane. That's it. Left from the cup runner. We just talked. There's Taves here to help the culture for the next 10 years. I don't, I don't get so. that impression. No. You know, Patrick Kane may not be here past this season, even for this season. So he's a guy that came from a winning culture outside of this organization so i think there's value to what he can bring to this team as a whole Mm -hmm. so you know it it it, for young players to hear from guys who've done it it means it it, that's that's worth the five million bucks for a team that shouldn't be caring about the salary Connolly's another one yeah was on a a cup winning team and and yeah so it, it goes a bit you know there's there's unequivocated value with those guys. You can't put a price tag on that sort of thing. Right. Uh, yeah, it's important to remember it's not just like a video game because um, yeah. I won the Stanley Cup yeah. with this current Blackhawks team. Just thought I would mention that again. We'll take, it off, take it off rookie mode next uh, time. Excuse, see what me. Happens. excuse me. I don't appreciate that. Uh, this one from Alex on Twitter. This one's just a trigger, Greg. Uh, quick question on Mailbag Monday. What would the current state of the team be if he who shall not be named was still GM? <laughs> we'd be in the lineup. We'd be trying to get whoever the crappiest trade rumor is on the market. Zach um, Cassian. Yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. It, it, it wouldn't be bad. Would he? I, would he? I'd have a lot more. Evander Kane. Yeah, we'd be in line for. Like, there it God. is. Kane and Kane connection. So, so I, I don't know if I don't know if this was. I saw you were kind of bringing going to bring up a question, but I don't know if this is the direction you were going to go, but. Um, someone's maybe it was you that brought it up, but someone brought it up that said if there was no controversy, would Stan Bowman still be here given how this season went yeah, out? He would, and I, I think no he doubt, would because he was his own boss. He was the president. He was just promoted. Yeah, yeah, two Ro- two years ago. Yep. Rocky has Jerry Reinsdorf esque loyalty tendencies. Yep. Keep and, in mind, uh, Stan Bowman resigned. He was not fired. Yeah. He resigned. Air quotes. He resigned. The same moment's like, I can't do this. Why didn't we get to the second part of Alex's? <laughs> oh, we're going to. Okay, good. Yeah, Alex <laughs> also says, I think the Hawks should skate out onto the ice to Children of the Grave by Black Sabbath. I'm for it. Hell yeah, dude. I'm for it. Though I am a big fan of them skating out to Four Horsemen by Metallica that now. That is pretty great. Got to get, get some horns up there. Yeah. Uh, but chill, anything. You could never have too much Black Sabbath no. in anything. That's not a so, thing. So, yes. I'm all for it. Nothing but Metallica and Black Sabbath at... Uh, at Hawks games, which would make uh, Bruce Miles' son uh, very happy. There yeah. you go. Who was in a Metallica Black Sabbath tribute band. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. A Metallica and Black yes. Sabbath tribute band. Yes. That's fun. Nice. I yeah. go see them. What is the What is the name? I don't want to. Un- can't say it? I, I, I can't think oh, of it can't think of it. my okay. head, and gotcha. I don't want to say it wrong. Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we got one more from Hank, and this one's a little involved, so pay attention. Oh, man. He says, I listen to the show every day. Thank you. Nice. I have a bunch of questions and topics I'd love to hear your opinion on, but one that popped into my head was all-time, where would you rank the Dynasty Hawk players? All-time, Kane is top 50 and uh, player probably, and then Taze is top 75 maybe. Keith, top 75 as well or higher along with Hosa. And then after that, maybe Crawford or Seabrook, top 150 range if that. 
I think the only player on the top 100 of all time Wait, is, is this a, Is this a math question? Yeah, he's saying take my shoes of the of the Hold Dynasty on. Hawks, who's like in the pantheon of greatest ever across the league. Across the league, oh, okay. I think Patrick Kane's the only one you could talk about in the top 100. Maybe Duncan Keith. Maybe Duncan Keith. The the NHL answered this question a few years ago with the NHL 100. Taves was on that team. Taves, Keith, Kane, and Keith. Keith, yeah. There's your I think though now that we're like some time has passed and Taves has declined a little bit. He probably falls out of that top 100 mark. Had he maintained Jonathan Taves yeah. till now, yeah. mm-hmm. right? I think that Keith surpasses him. I don't know where they were ranked. Well, and, and I guess my my question to the question would be, are we going based purely on the hockey player, the skill, or accomplishment? Well, if we're going to start the whole, well, he's declined his last couple of years, so we got to take him off, then we got to look at everybody who's on that list and look at their last two seasons. That's yeah, true. Because I'm sure— Keith would be off. Uh, but I'm mm. uh, but I'm sure like all these legends of the game yeah. tailed off at some point. So like I I think putting them on this list now because we have that well he's not the player he was. Well maybe we need to step back a few years and judge the career as a whole. True career even as a whole, all three of them are Hall of Famers. Because yeah, you look at Guy Lafleur, he's no doubt one hundred top one hundred player. But were those years with the Rangers and and Nordiques great? No, I mean Chicago legend Bobby Orr. There you go. Yeah. Uh, a guy like Dennis Savard, would you put him on the top 100 of all time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How, how were those? How was that second run with the Blackhawks? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. So yeah, I, it's it's a little unfair to make that decision now. I think we need time to step away after their careers are done and then revisit it and say, oh yeah, full work of body. I think I think even even with time time away and and time once their careers are over, I think the trajectory. Of Patrick Kane is still at, at an elite level. Yeah, Keith and Taze, I think their careers are cemented. Um, and and Taze, I wonder if his if his if his stretch of of his prime was enough to. It depends on how long it ends, how long it is. But if is that enough to overshadow what the stretch of his decline might be? Because if he plays another five years and he keeps being less and less of an effective player, then it's like, oh man, yeah. he really you know fell off a, not fell off a cliff, but like really you see the decline. If he only plays out his contract, you know, another season, maybe maybe you you still just say, oh, the prime of Taze was. You know, he is one of the best centers in the league. There, there is some thought, too. I was just chatting with one of my sources kind of casually about the offseason, and, and they mentioned that they believe this is just one one person's opinion, that he's just going to call it quits after his contract. Like, he's been I would not be surprised. All the concussions, the other health issues. Yeah, he's, he's won three. There's, there's nothing left to accomplish for Jonathan Taves. All there How really is, is he to from do is to damage games. the legacy. You know, and I I just don't see another organization being like, yeah, we're going to invest in Jonathan Taves. There's just so many. Does he want to be Corey Perry and on a different team every year playing fourth line minutes? It might get him a few Stanley Cup finals. Corey Perry has been three straight finals now. But how much? But can you say like outside of maybe that Montreal playoff run that those teams got there because, you know. Of Corey Perry, no. but I'm just saying, does he want to bounce around from team to team and be no. bottom six guy? He doesn't appear to be the guy that wants to do that. He, he strikes wants me. to be the best player in the world. I think Perry's in a in a cup chasing right. period of his time. Taze does not need to do that. No, right? He's got or I don't think he wants to. Either. And he because he's the face of three cup champions. Right, absolutely. Right, and uh, captain. I also think Taves is a guy who, not that Corey Perry doesn't, by any means, but 
I think Taves specifically has he values his after hockey life. Yeah. Just, you know, just from hearing from him over the years, you know, uh, erase got, the things he said this year. He's got interests out off. He does. Outside and I, of the ring. you know, we talk about a potential coach or GM or whatever else. Jonathan Taves can do whatever he wants in hockey when his career is over. Like he's going to have his pick, right? Yeah. Just like Sackick and just like Iserman, he's going to have the same, if he wants it, he could have the same trajectory. And look, it, it might not be as great as those two, at doing it, but he's going to get a shot at whatever he wants to do. So I, I, if you're asking me, does Jonathan Taves sign another NHL contract? I don't think he does. I think wherever he finishes his career is his last stop. And well, I th- and, <laughs> that's and, the most obvious statement of hmm. all time, <laughs> but you know it was I mean? in the last wherever place I is, looked, <laughs> wherever he is when this contract expires is where he will end his career. Well, and I, and, and to the, to that idea, I wonder if maybe that's been communicated to Kyle Davidson, like where maybe he might say, like, I'm I'm just going to finish here in Chicago. Please don't trade me. I, he has control over it, um, obviously, with his no movement. But I wonder if, if, if Jonathan Taze isn't moved at the draft, if he's, if he's with the team the whole season, if he's not moved at the trade line, whatever it ends up being, I wonder if that is something that has been or he might have already communicated. If that's the case... Get ready for the farewell tour next year. Yeah. Yeah, oh, get the, get the tissues, tissues ready. Got to sell them tickets. Yeah. And look, if Tave says that, he has earned that right. Absolutely. For sure. But yeah. I just want him to be, and it's if he's going to be here, be on board. Mm-hmm. Or at least, show, at least pretend to be. You know, put on a happy face. Say, hey, it's exciting, this team. I can't wait to see what they, you know. From a distance, I'll be yeah. watching these young guys, and we're really excited about it. He's got to be—he's got to have a better attitude. If he, yeah, and I think if, if he make—if he has made that decision or makes that decision, I think that will come with an attitude change because I—I I, I would like to believe he's you know mature enough to to know how that affects the rest of the team moving forward. And um, and it's 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 interesting too. I keep pointing at this bobblehead like it's him. Um, <laughs> it's Johnny, interesting too. Listen to me, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Um, for someone at that in this stage of his career at this age to think like I'm stepping away. Like that's kind of admirable to even think about like, Hey, like he's, he's thinking of, he's had a very tough career physically and he's thinking of his life beyond that. And we, you know, we see players retire early, retire young, some guys that just, you know, maybe they're just like, you know what? I just don't, I didn't have it enough to cut it at the top level. And I was getting hurt a lot, things like that. But someone of his stature to be like, you know what, I'm I'm cutting it early. That's that's something you really haven't seen a lot of in sports, and I think that that's kind of admirable. If obviously, if he goes that route, yeah. Well, if you want to wake up every morning with a better attitude and extend the prime <laughs> of your career, then I suggest you, sh- you check out our friends at Strava Craft Coffee because they have helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh, roasted specialty coffee infused with our organic, broad-spectrum CBD. The CBD from a hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you real benefits that are going to help you each and every day, such as feeling alert and focused. Without all the jitters, you're going to live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you get a more restful night's sleep so you wake up feeling your absolute best. Much easier to have a good attitude when you're feeling good. 
The best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. It is absolutely delicious coffee. So the coffee snobs like myself will Mm -hmm. enjoy a good cup of coffee, but you're also going to get all the benefits from a powerful entourage of full-spectrum CBD. And plus, CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use that promo code CHGO25. That's 25% off your order just by typing in CHGO25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A. And if you're already a big fan of Strava and their products, and you should be, you can join the Strava Coffee Club. That's where you get to subscribe and save lots of money. You pick your favorite flavors of coffee, your favorite concentrations of CBD. You tell them when you want it and where you want it sent to, and they take care of the rest, and you save money. It's just too darn easy. It is. You're right. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of Mailbag Monday. Remember, if you want to get your questions answered, on Mailbag Monday, email us, blackhawks at allchgo.com. That way we are not going to lose track of them on Twitter or whatever. Tweet us too, but it's much easier to track when it's an email. Uh, but follow us on Twitter, at chgo underscore blackhawks. I'm at Jay Zawoski. He's at Greg Boyson. Mario is at Mario underscore Tirabasi. We'll be back Tuesday with Top Shelf Tuesday. Always a fun day of the week. And remember, we're presented by PointsBet. Use promo code chgo when you sign up, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We appreciate you being here on this Mailbag Monday. We'll talk to you on Top Shelf Tuesday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.